0: Hello and welcome. My name is Justin Peterson from the Average Joe's Movie Clubcast. This is the first episode of my new spinoff podcast. I've always wanted to watch that, where I like to connect with different kinds of people who like to watch movies and kind of take the plunge with them on this movie and figure out, you know, why they had never watched it before and was it good? Finally, um, checking it out. So, on our first episode, we're checking out the martial arts extravaganza, Unbok. Moi Thai Warrior from two thousand three. My first guest is my longtime letterbox pal Marvin. I first started chatting with him when he would leave these very detailed thoughts about some of my movie reviews in the comments section. Uh, this eventually evolved into us starting um, a movie club where we would recommend each other movies back and forth. Seems like we started just yesterday, but now we're all the way up to seventeen. So, man, we've been going for. Our, quite a while. So without any further delay, welcome to the show, Marvin. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and your love of movies?
1: Uh, Hello. Uh, Thanks, Justin, for having me on. It's uh, it's an honor. Uh, So yeah, uh, I've been a fan of cinema since I was uh, a kid. I think obviously my first cinema experience was obviously uh, uh, the first Harry Potter film that I saw in 2001. And then from then forth, I've just been in love with cinema, really. And I think I found a letterbox around... I think it was around 2017, and I think my earliest reviews I did for it was like The Shining and uh, Eye in the Sky. And then I think we obviously found each other from, I think it was my review of Coco. And, uh, you know, yeah, I just uh, love movies in general, really. And uh, the type of movies I'm into is like any genre, really. You know, nowadays I'm getting out of my comfort zone to like uh, certain movies I wouldn't really watch, like Japanese anime films. So I've been watching stuff like... Uh, when Marnie was there, or Spirited Away, um, you know, I'm th- not the type of movies I would go out and watch. But I'm trying to get into d- like different types of genres and movies, not just your, every typical Hollywood movie that you'd normally watch. So yeah, and I'm, 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 you know, I'll talk about some of the movies that I love. You know, like my, one of my favorite movies is like I in the Sky. Uh, you know, Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. uh, Whipped Cream for a Dream, uh, Coco. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, um, you know The Shining, just stuff like that, really. So if you, want what's, to, I you know, the,
0: what's 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 in the Sky? I've never heard of that one.
1: It's uh, from the same director, uh, Gavin Hood, who did uh, Rossi, the movie I told you to watch. Remember? Yeah. The uh, foreign language one, yeah. Eye in the Sky, which came out, I think it was two thousand sixteen. It's a fantastic film, criminally okay. underrated. Um, I highly recommend. That was. Um, obviously, sad because it was one of Alan Ritman's last movies. Okay. Um, it's a uh, I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. And um, not many people talk about it. And it's also if you've seen uh, Breaking Bad, it's got mm-hmm. um, is it Aaron Paul from Breaking? I think he's in it. Yeah. And yeah. So okay. yeah, I'm this guy's brilliant movie. If no one's actually seen it, it's, it's a great film. Definitely uh, missed the Oscars when it came out. So it's a That's shame. Right.
0: So um, I guess you're from the the UK, right?
1: Yeah, I'm from the UK. Yeah, <laughs> whereabouts? Um, England, East Sussex. Okay. Very yeah, cool. not exactly very interesting where I'm from, really. It's, uh, you know, it's raining at the moment. Typical UK weather.
0: <laughs> okay. Have you done much uh, travel out around Europe or made to the States
1: at all? Uh, I've been on a holiday with my family and all that, but I've been on holiday for a while now. And I'm hoping to go soon. Obviously, when the obviously when the pandemic sorts itself out.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And you uh, you mentioned that you're really into boxing. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Uh, yeah, so I've started a. Uh, well, I've seen. I've still. Uh, I've been training for um, just doing normal pad work. But then, uh, obviously, when I found out there's a charity event going on, um, I thought I'll uh, you know sign up for that and just. You know, uh, train for for a boxing match, and this will be my first ever fight. I think it's 16 ounce gloves and headgear. Uh, obviously, now I'm in a bit of isolation, which I'll be out on Saturday, thank God. I can continue um, weeks of training. So, mm-hmm. and it's going really well. So, um, people might be worried about you know being in isolation, but I know I'll be able to kick it back up with the training in days or even a week. So. And it's going really well so just have to see what the result is on the actual fight day
0: nervous about this uh year you said it was the first time you'll be in a uh, competitive fight
1: yeah yeah uh yeah i don't know where i'll be in that moment until i'm in the ring so sure, and sure. I, I don't know so you know win lose or draw it'd just be great to do so that i you know i've I always, always wanted to do Okay. So it'd just be great, really.
0: Awesome. So uh, tell me about like maybe your top four movies. Um, I remember we were talking back and forth about Batman '89 being and you being mm-hmm. a big Tim Burton fan. So tell me a bit about, about
1: that. So yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Tim Burton. I, I've always wanted. I never was never a fan of Batman as a child. I was more into Spider Man and the Hulk and X Men. So I've always wanted to try and get into the character of Batman. Um, and I just found it hard, because at the time, I only seen two live-action Batman films, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which obviously wasn't the best <laughs> introduction to the character. So,
0: Tragically not.
1: <laughs> um, so there were some anime stuff here and there, but it just never really, I never really got into stuff as a kid. But probably nowadays, I'll probably be more open to watching them. Um, so someone suggested, why don't you check out Batman Begins?, Mm-hmm. and uh, obviously i wasn't really into big into movies when i was in school really you know obviously i'll go to cinema but i wasn't really into them as much as i am now True. and back then with batman begins i didn't like it i haven't seen it since i was in school i couldn't get into batman begins um the dark knight obviously the only thing i liked was he fled as joker may he rest in peace mm-hmm. um I watched the first 30 minutes of Dark Knight Rises. I just couldn't finish it. I just thought, these movies are not for me. But now, nowadays, I'm willing to watch them again with open eyes. Okay. Um, so then someone suggested, why don't you try Batman 99? And I didn't know who uh, directed the film. And mm-hmm. when I saw Tim Burton, I was like, I only seen two Tim Burton films at that time. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and *A, a, Corp- a Corpse Bride. Okay. So... I thought, okay, I'll check this movie out. Uh, I probably won't like it. It won't be for me. Um, and as soon as I started it, as soon as it finished, I loved it. I became like, this is the Batman film made for me. Um, I was just surprised how um, engaged I was with the story and the characters and just Batman in general. Uh, I think it was mainly just how great the cast is. I know people nowadays do criticise Batman 89 not for not being too much like the comics or there's some stuff changed with maybe the bruce wayne character and how batman acts or the joker being too much in the film like jack nicholson's obviously people say he's being too much like jack nicholson but you know it's oh, what it is um, <laughs> um but i i love the film i think it's mainly just ma- mainly michael keaton as bruce wayne and batman who is my favorite uh, Character of Bruce uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman, and Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson is my favorite Joker, and um, I think uh-huh. yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's in it as well, and I love her. Well, she's in the uh, sequel,
0: um, Batman Returns. No, not
1: Michelle Pfeiffer. Sorry, it's um, what's her name? It's um, Kim um, Kim Basinger. Sorry. Right, right. Uh, yeah, sorry, Michelle Pfeiffer. But uh, she's also great as well. She's my favorite Catwoman portrayal, which okay. um, I know people would say, really. I don't know, um, but yeah, well, I just love the cast. My Anne Pete, Hathaway. Uh, she's
0: not. Pretty, uh, pretty nice to look at, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I think uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's performance there and um, Batman Returns uh, definitely cranks the, the character up a notch.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big on Anne Hathaway. I mean, I can't think of any movies that she's really stuck out to me. And most people just say Dark Knight Rises, but I only mm-hmm. watched the first thirty minutes, so I just don't remember much about her in that film.
0: So, with Nolan's trilogy, um, what kind of turned you off about it? Um, just the
1: tone. Uh, I think at the time, I just, I just found it. I think what I remember about Batman Begins, specifically in Dark Knight, mm-hmm. the first half I enjoyed of Batman Begins, and the second half I think gets boring. Um, the Dark Knight, I just, all I remember is just Heath Ledger's Joker. It's been a while since I watched the first three movies, and I've never really been a big Nolan fan anyway. Um, okay. I've seen all of his movies. Well, the first 30 minutes of Interstellar, I had to turn it off because I was like, I'm not watching 30 minutes of this. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> so, okay. you know, I don't... Dislike no he's just not my favorite director um you know i think my favorite film of his is insomnia um you know great great performance by robin williams may rest in peace and the great al pacino's in it um i didn't mind tenet i know a lot of people found that you know quite controversial Mm -hmm. um it was a not easy movie to sit through um i wasn't i wasn't big on dunkirk but the trilogy as itself, uh, the Nolan and Batman trilogy, I just can't get into them. But maybe now with open eyes, I'll probably change my mind on them. But it's mainly, uh, you know, I was never a big on, fan on Christian Bale until I saw American Psycho, which is one of my favourite movies. Um, okay. I, I
0: think
1: I don't know. I just don't think. I know Bale had trouble with the film, with the films. I, I think he found it incredibly hard. Um, you know, with those movies, what I heard in rumours um i'm trying to think what else it's just i don't know it's been a while since i've seen them so it's hard to say why i just maybe they're slightly overrated i just don't see the big hype for them really and what about you um
0: i really enjoy pretty much all the batman films um for me i thought the dark knight um really kind of took it up a notch i mean having that really like pounding um uh, beginning of the movie. It has a kind of that feel of heat going on and kind of sticking this comic book story in more of a realistic setting. Um really uh blew me away. I think the movie's a little too long. Um sure. kind of towards the end of it it starts kind of um losing its way, but I think it still kind of it, it still hits the la- landing. Um for the most part, um, you know, when it comes to comic book movies like I'm all about the action. Like, I really grew up on, like, comic book uh, cartoons where, you know, each episode, you know, you know, they get into the action pretty quick. I mean, there's some character development there, but it's not like this, you know, long story or whatever where I'm finding more and more that people complain about those kind of comic book stories on the big screen because there's not enough character development or they the uh, the bad guy doesn't have good motives he's just there to be evil and that was my bread and butter growing up so i've never really had an issue with it i mean yeah it's a little more interesting whenever the um you get a complex villain but um an uncomplex villain i mean that's just you know someone for them to punch and you know that doesn't um yeah it doesn't get grow old for me for the most part but um yeah and uh, 89 batman i had the vhs of it when i was a kid and yeah watched it quite a bit um saw batman returns in the theater and um <laughs> yeah i just yeah watched 89 batman quite a bit i think that was probably my first superhero movie um watched that long before i even checked out um christopher reeves and uh uh superman so um yeah always enjoyed batman 89 um it has its kind of silly moments in there but for for the most part i mean gotham's done awesome and that that theme song is by far just iconic from uh elfman
1: yeah i think it's hard to i know it's not fair to compare but i think the biggest problems are the nolan films there's more well pretty much every Nolan film it's more Mm -hmm. it's just exposition and exposition for me it's just as always explaining and just slow dialogues it's just like they can't be just be characters like there's always something Nolan has to spoon feed us this dialogue and it's just Mm -hmm. I think that's why the movies are so stretched out because there's so much he overthinks especially Mm -hmm. um when I watched Interstellar for the first thirty minutes, I'm like, I can't watch this for 30, for three hours. Um, but really surprised.
0: That, okay, go ahead.
1: So, what was you say?
0: Well, one thing that frustrated me is I really I enjoyed Inception. Although whenever I go back and watch it, like I can kind of see. Um, how he's kind of formulaic in the way he's trying to kind of confuse you and how he's doing things, but actually not a whole lot's going on, mostly in the beginning section there, but otherwise it's a super creative movie. But I liked how that ended on that ambiguous note with the top or whatever. And then we get over to um, the dark Knight rises. And I guess you haven't, you know, seen, mm-hmm. you might not be aware of the scene I'm talking about, but it ends on a very like, um, like obvious note. It's like, they teed it up throughout like the whole movie. And then you finally get to the last shot mm. and you're just like, well, I didn't really need to see that. You could have made it a little bit more subtler and just like you did with inception. But I guess, yeah, he felt the need to make sure the comic book fans got exactly what they wanted to see instead of, you know, I think
1: I know what you're talking about, but um, mm-hmm. I think I know are you talking about the ending or are you to talk about some act- near the final action.
0: Yeah. So piece? in my opinion, it, the movie should have ended wherever Alfred nods his head. Um, instead yeah, of actually cutting I've been over to with Bale. It, sorry, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, actually cutting over to um Batman and Catwoman there in Italy or whatever. I mean it's set up so nicely throughout to where like you know like whenever Alfred nods his head, that's you know, probably who he's nodding his head to. And if it would just ended there, it would have been so much more, I think, satisfying. But anywho, so um it... any other thoughts on uh, Batman eighty nine before we move on?
1: It's just um not just to cast, but I feel like obviously the soundtrack by Danny Elfman is, is iconic. Like that opening was just brilliant, and mm-hmm. um, that's what got me in the mood of the film. And I actually thought the origin when I first saw it, I thought that was going to be the origin when you see. I thought that was Bruce Wayne. When you first see him with the with the, uh robber and all that, and then it wasn't because you saw Batman on the roof after that. Oh right, right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you obviously see the origin near the end of the end of the film. Um,
0: it's kind of strange how what Joker ends up being the guy who uh, killed his parents in that original one. So, that was um, Tim Burton's idea as well. Okay. Uh,
1: um, and, and I know at the time people weren't happy with that, but I feel like they needed to get a um, a conflict between the uh, Batman and the Joker. Really, that's yeah, why that, that probably up. happened. Um, mm-hmm. But I, 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 you know, I can't think of any other Batman movie has done that. You know, I thought I thought that was brilliant, and they actually got like a younger actor to look like Jack Nicholson as well in the flashbacks. Right. So I thought that was really really cool. Yep, and the way it was, the way it was shot, and the way the music, and just that whole was just breathtaking. And seeing Michael um, Bruce Wayne's reaction to it, all with the flashbacks, it was just brilliant. And I know people were angry when uh, Alfred brought um, um, what's the name? It's um. Was Kim Bates the singer's character's name again? I forgot. Sorry.
0: <laughs> it was Some, um.
1: Is it something Kyle? Um, uh, Selena Kyle. Yeah, Selena Kyle. Okay. Yeah, and fans were angry that they allowed Alfred to bring someone into the Batcave without Batman's permission. And I'm like, I don't know. There's so many things in comic book movies nowadays that are changed. I mean, we just have to deal with it, really.
0: Yeah, and I mean, she had a good enough relationship with Bruce at that point to where you know it didn't really bother him. So um, yeah. iconic looking Batmobile, I, I had that toy growing up, so quite enjoyed uh, playing with that. And then I got kind of mad when they destroyed it in part two, but that's all whole another.
1: Oh, in returns, yeah, yeah, I, I love Batman Returns. It's it's when it ha- it's what happens when you give a director full creative control. And that's mm-hmm. it. It's just, it's like when Joe Dante was given full creative control in uh, Gremlins 2. He's just like, uh, what the hell is he? <laughs> it's like crazy.
0: Oh, yeah. He definitely goes off the wall there. I guess my my bit. I don't like how the Joker has that real long gun and he's able to somehow shoot down the Bat Jet with
1: it. But, I mean. But he's a clown, I suppose. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes for me he's my favorite joker and my second is uh, walking phoenix in the solo movie joker which i also love um you know i love heath ledger but i just feel like i'm more scared by um jack nicholson's joker people say he's not that threatening or that you know psychotic for me he is like i mean there's so many scenes where i can point out what he does is so psychotic i mean there is even a line like i'll make art until someone dies or um Mm he scars his girlfriend's face off with, you know, with, um, hot, whatever it was poison, whatever it was. And, uh, mm-hmm. he forces her to commit suicide out of a window and he laughs about it. You know, you can't make an omelette without cracking some eggs or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, and even well, when he dies, you know, he's still laughing, but it's a laugh box. And it yeah. just, it's just Jack Nicholson put the whole, you know, Heath Ledger was great as well, but it's just Jack Nicholson made a, I felt like, um, Jack Nicholson was more um, comic book um, Mm -hmm. feel than I think Heath Ledger was more a a creation of uh, Nolan's, it was more of a creation by um, Nolan. Okay. Really. Gotcha.
0: Interesting um, thought on that one. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed Jack Nicholson's performance there. I mean, despite him being this huge personality, he still manages to get lost in the character, which definitely appreciate there. Um, Any other uh, top three movies? You want to call out before we move on
1: uh yeah uh uh Wet Cream for a dream
0: okay uh, uh,
1: obviously that's not the uh not the most happiest movie to sit through <laughs> by any <laughs> um that was definitely one of the biggest like punch rent gut wrenching movies i've ever seen in my life um i know it's probably weird to say it's one of my favorite movies of all time but it just shows just don't take drugs it really does mess up your mind
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um,
1: it's just the movie. It's it's probably my it's obviously my favorite Downey's uh, film. Okay. I've seen his other work. I saw Mother in the cinema, and I haven't seen it since it came out in the cinema. And yeah, I know same it here. It was pre- it was pretty much the love or hate. But and um, there's also um, what else did he do? He did uh, Black Swan, which I thought was great. Yep. Um, Me too. What else did he do? He did. Um,
0: You've seen The Wrestler yet?
1: Uh, I saw it once, but I can't remember much about it. But I think that, mm-hmm. those are the Same only year. movies I've seen. But webcam for a Dream* is just like I love um, kind of split stories, like like um, mm-hmm. like in *Pulp Fiction*. There's another movie you recommended to me. It was from the director of *The Revenant*. I can't remember what it was called. It was kind of similar to that. Oh right, it, um... oh,
0: I'm blanking. It was
1: oh. it, it was uh, it's, it's with the some the the dog, wasn't it? I can't remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Like but it. no, um, I love split stories like that. Um, and, uh, it's got a great cast, you know, you've got Joe Leto. Um, he's one of my favorite actors, you know, you have Jennifer Connelly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you have Barnum Waynes, which annoyed me because he should be carrying on with this career. Um, I don't know why he didn't take this road through drama. He had to go and do, I don't know, two scary movies and other spoofs. <laughs> yeah. Um, the actress's name, I can't remember, I think it was Ellen something, who obviously had the strongest story in the, uh, the uh, Hot Tire movie. And it's just the movies, you know, it's just the direction. The sa- that soundtrack definitely fits for 2020 and 2021, that mm-hmm. iconic yeah. soundtrack. Um, yeah,
0: great music in just, that movie.
1: It's just, uh, it scars you for life, you know, it's just the way it's shot, especially that third uh, climax
0: mm-hmm. of the
1: editing. Where you see what happens so what's happened to those um those uh, four characters um it's just um it's just insane really and it's just devastating to see what happens to them near the end unfortunately and uh, but it's just one of those things i don't recommend doing drugs or hmm. um pills it's just it's definitely one of his best movies in my opinion and uh it's not too long it's not too short uh, obviously, it's really hard to sit through, but I feel like it's a movie everyone needs to see. Yeah. Like, just, uh, it's definitely something that we'll, I think it's a film that we need in our lives, in a way. Mm-hmm. About yeah, you? I do. I film? definitely
0: like those emotional impact stories. Um, yeah. Films don't necessarily have to, you know, be all fun and stuff, If it, as long as it's having an emotional impact. So, it's, a lot of times, that's what I'm looking for. What was your
1: question? Uh, what did you think of the film, Whipping For a Dream?
0: It's been a while since I've seen it, but um, you. Yeah, yeah, def- yeah. definitely uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, that, I watched that kind of towards the start of my uh, Letterboxd watching, and um, well, when I was on Letterboxd watching movies and reviewing them. So yeah, it'd be interesting to go back and read what I put there, but yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I was first introduced to it on like a, a, a trip, like a... I was part of a drum corps, and they were—they um, had that on on the bus, and definitely not the kind of movie you want to be watching on a bus with a bunch right. of people being like, "What on earth are we watching?" Um, but yeah, later watched it and knew its reputation for being intense, and definitely lived up to that. Especially was seeing um, what the actress from—I think the Exorcist is in it—and I think she got nominated for an award for you know her portrayal of you know um, desperation and then going into drug abuse. So mm. yeah. Definitely enjoyed as well, and then that um, that movie we were looking for was Amiro's uh, Paros, Is that uh, dog fighting split story?
1: Yeah, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love movies like that when they split characters from uh, different sections and just different timings as well. Um, I don't know. I just love stories like that. Really, I know it's been done to death, but it's just the way it's done. You know, especially in Quintantino films that do it so mm-hmm. well, like in Pulp Fiction or Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood, right.
0: All right, well, without any further ado, let's get into um, our main feature here, the movie that we both had, I guess, been meaning to see for the longest time, just never got around to it, ungbach Bak. Um, now, how did you hear about this movie and, you know, why did you put it <laughs> off so long?
1: Um, my personal trainer actually told me about this film because uh, he also recommended the other films. I think it's called um, Ip Man with, um, mm-hmm. uh, what was it, um, Donnie... Um, he was in Rogue One and obviously in the Ip Man series. Um, it, um, look at that. Wh- But I love um, I love uh, martial arts films.
0: Donnie Yen.
1: Yeah, Donnie Yen. I love martial arts films in general. Like The Raid and The Raid Two are my favourites, mm-hmm. and uh, also Ip Man from one to uh, four and also the uh, spin-off film as well. And I thought. Oh, check this one out it looks looks decent enough and w- i watched it uh, last night it's a pretty damn great film yeah, um, i was more impressed with the um action scenes and the way it's choreographed especially this uh, chase sequence in town so mm-hmm. it's not just like your typical martial arts fights it's actually our main character going through the busy streets and just the way he's jumping over stuff and um like this director he, he's just he's showing the action the uh the uh, choreographed action scenes in a diff, mm-hmm. uh, twice in different angles yep. uh, to make it look Making like it's actually it. there. And mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of cool. Um,
0: I've noticed that in the- some... Um, I think the big, big stunt at the end of um, Police Story with Jackie Chan, I think they play it like three or four times just because, you know, like you, get on, you got it on camera from all these angles, might as well show it. And they definitely take advantage of that here too. And, it, you know, you'd think that would kind of make the story feel a little disjun- um Disjointed, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so cool to see those things. It's like, yeah, I'll watch it again. Heck yeah! Uh,
1: Obviously, uh, I think his name is Tony Jar. You know, massive respect to him. This must have been really difficult to perform Mm -hmm. all these stunts. Um, You know, just like with Jackie Chan as well, they they just uh, risk their lives with these movies. Um, Obviously, Hollywood nowadays would just CGI this stuff, which is unfortunate. But um, I think. It's not. It doesn't. Movie. It's not a movie that takes itself overly serious. As well, there's a lot of humour during the action scenes. As well, especially. Uh, mm-hmm. He's trying to get his money back from um, the counter, and he, they think he wants to fight, but he doesn't. And obviously, someone mm-hmm. uh, run, runs towards him. He just does his uh, this famous back kick spin, uh, kick spin to mm-hmm. the head, and it was just it knocked him out just like that. And I thought it was humorous.
0: Now, the first time I came across this movie, I was in kind of like a social area. I was still in college and I was studying abroad and they had this movie on and I looked and, you know, someone was going on and on about how, oh, this is such cool martial arts. I mean, it's all about like bashing people with your elbows and your knees and stuff. And I sat down and watched a scene or so and I was just like, yeah, this is this is really cool. And then kind of thought nothing of it and went on what I was doing and never thought to watch it again. Shame on me. Um, So yeah, I was real excited whenever you recommended we check this one out and I popped it on and highly enjoyed it. So uh, the synopsis via our courtesy of IMDb is uh, when the head of a statue sacred to a village is stolen, a young martial artist goes to the big city and finds himself taking on the underworld to retrieve it. And I think it's, he goes to Bangkok, right?
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He's trying to get like um, a Buddha head back.
0: Yep. And man, you know that you're in for a crazy ride with this, with that opening scene where you have all these guys that are like painted in mud and they're doing some kind of climbing a tree contest where they have to yeah, go up to the top to like capture of the
1: flag or something.
0: Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Some pretty wild stunts as these guys are literally flying out of the tree. I guess you can kind of tell that they had some pads underneath the dirt um, mm. underneath the tree, but still a really fun way to kind of open things up and introduce you to the zaniness of this movie.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's really crazy, you know, it's just, I'm surprised not many people talk about this film, I don't know if it did well or not, but Roger Ebert gave it a thumbs up, so mm-hmm. it must have done some, some good, and I didn't realise it had sequels as well, I'm like, oh wow, I thought this would be just a one-off film.
0: Yeah, a whole series of them. Um, I suppose the language barrier does get in some folks' way because a lot of action fans aren't into um, subtitles. You know, that's that's something a lot of Americans kind of have to get over. But, um, you know, once you do, it's...
1: It's been going around for ages, since Seven Samurai. Okay. So, yeah. um, And I feel like, you know, not just the action scenes, it's just uh, the way it's directed... You know, it's just how crazy, um, how far they're willing to go with the action scenes. Um, like you said, he has a special move of his elbow. It's like, um, like a John Woo film, <laughs> in a way. Okay. Um,
0: all right. So, yeah, it doesn't take long to get into the plot at all. It doesn't spend, like, an extra amount of time, like, setting things up. We find out that the uh, Sacred Buddha head gets stolen. And so, uh, Tony Ja. Uh, who plays Tang? You know, is off to the big city to go get it. Um, you know, as I was watching this, like I had mentioned, you know, I watched some Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee, and as impressive as those are, like the 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 whole Mayutai Thai style of like how it's his like whole body is so physical um, form of fighting that it's it's so impressive to watch. Um, super memorable villain, <laughs> the guy with the trach. and he's just this total asshole, and he's this compulsive gambler, and he keeps. Um, betting against ting uh to winning <laughs> and then his like um the, the little happy guy next to him keeps getting mad um happy <laughs> yeah was that, <laughs> that, uh, one of the
1: highlights as well
0: yeah that ting keeps winning especially that first fight when he like just instantly knocks the guy out and he's like what and then he like the baddie definitely forms a, a grudge immediately against ting and wants to do him no good
1: and uh i think also you have some you know there's two side characters I with uh, Ting was also you know, they're mm-hmm. kind of comedic as well during the um, especially his uh, um, I suppose a cousin I think his name was um, Humley hum, Humley I think it was yeah. like and he's and, a little uh, bigger
0: and goofier and uh, there's a girl side character as well
1: and uh, th- when he was in the ch- chase sequence he was trying to do the same things as uh, as Ting was doing you know trying to jump over yeah. and stuff he he just um, i think one of the highlights there was like the silver metal thing and obviously mm-hmm. thing got in quite perfectly and he just <laughs> got his head stuck in some massive can yep. and uh or, it just uh, happened to
0: <laughs> come out right for him yeah and some good when he comedic has a um,
1: when he gets a knife and he's surrounded by the guys mm-hmm. and obviously the bad guys are scared but then there's this random woman selling random knives and he, and he just runs for it
0: oh right yeah there is yeah, there is some really good comic, almost like Looney Tune style moments where like something happens and then he just kind of runs off and yeah, there's some really good comedic timing in this.
1: It doesn't take itself that overly seriously, which I which I like as well. Mm-hmm. But um, there are
0: some stakes because like, yeah, watching it back. Um, with watching it back through, you do cut back to the village at one point and see that, like, because they're missing their Buddha head, like, they're suffering this, like, severe drought or whatever. So, you know, he's definitely is fighting for a purpose to get this um, sacred artifact back.
1: Might sound weird, but it kind of reminded me of Temple of Doom a little bit, the, like, the plot. Like, they had sure. to get the stones back, otherwise the village will, like, rot in way.
0: Yeah, I can see that. So it was
1: kind of, it, it was kind of like that in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not as crazy as temple of doom people getting their hearts ripped out yeah. um which Kids is my favorite <laughs>
0: All that which, is, which
1: is my favorite indiana joe's movie though <laughs> uh-huh. um and you know yeah it was um it's not like a deep character movie if people go into this film you're not expecting deep characters or anything uh-huh. like that it's just like um a movie that does have like you know our main character does like want to get this uh, head back and just Mm-hmm. Not cause much trouble, really. And that's it's really, really about
0: in. yeah awesome stunts, awesome fights, and seeing some elbows to the head and you definitely get that
1: I think um my favorite scene, not just the uh, town one, but in the in that circle where he has to face those three guys mm-hmm. uh, the first, I think it was like the second one he was kind of massive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he had this random middle finger at you and then um and
0: Are you talking about the one that was going at him with the chairs and stuff?
1: Uh, No, he had, like, this crazy uh, mohawk curly hair.
0: Oh, uh, Oh, yeah, long curly hair. I remember that one.
1: Yeah, (laughs) he was a bit nuts. Um, But I'm not the one you talk about, the one who kept throwing tables and chairs constantly. Yeah, Um,
0: (laughs) and that fight um, ends with him, like, them flying out of this window and him landing on him. (laughs) And he finally wins over the crowd, which it's kind of weird that he just then won over the crowd, but... I mean, that was a cool moment. Because I think they're, like, throwing coins at him or something.
1: Yeah, Ting must have some really strong bones in him because he's getting smacked really hard with these chairs constantly over and over again. Um, there is this weird one where he keeps throwing uh, plates and he's just punched them back uh, constantly. It feels like three times. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: one of the fights I liked is the guy kind of with the poofy hair, hair and his, like, style was, like, really fast footwork or whatever. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Ting kind of put him in his place with his elbow to the head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so they finally tracked down the asshole with the, uh, who stole the statue. and um, And, oh, yeah, that's the scene where, like, He's with a girl in his, like, apartment, and, like, he, like, shoves a mm-hmm. bunch of drugs in her face, and she starts ODing, oh, yeah, that's, and that, that was, was pretty nuts. And that leads yeah. to a great chase sequence. Oh, did you want to say something else about that?
1: No, yeah, it reminded me of, like, Pulp Fiction, you know, mm-hmm. when you know. Uh, those types of stuff is really, um, you know, horrible to see, obviously. Yeah, especially um, against,
0: her, against her will, having, being OD'd like that. It's pretty nuts.
1: Yeah, it was uh, crazy.
0: But yeah, that leads to a really good uh, chase scene where they're in those little three-wheeled buggies, and man, those things yeah. are going like all over the place, flipping over. There's one part where one like flips all the way up in the air, and there's this huge explosion. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's still fun. It almost like reminded me of Speed in the middle of it, where they're on that like overpass <laughs> yeah. that um that runs out. Um, but yeah, it's all for a purpose because like at the very end. Um, they crash into the water and then they see that there's this whole huge conspiracy about like stealing buddha heads from all over the country i guess to um you know i don't know how i'm not sure if they were still i guess they were probably selling them on the black market or something and getting quite a bit of money out of it so that whole scheme so definitely get a bit of a thai culture here with um seeing how important the buddha is to the to them
1: yeah yeah definitely and um it was just uh, how willing he was, you know, to go out there and get it, and I feel like, yeah, the, like you mentioned with the villain, he was definitely, um, obviously, he was like in a wheelchair and he couldn't read really too much. He obviously had a, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, 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 those electric voice box because I think yeah, I don't know, he, they, they show yeah. a little bit of, of a quick image of his um, way he's been smoking. Yeah, he um, smokes
0: through his, uh, you know, the hole in his throat, and that just, you know, he doesn't. Somebody that does that just does not give a shit about anything. Goodness um kind of a bizarre i guess the the weakest part of the movie is kind of the third act slump where like they force ting i guess to throw a match against um some that one guy who like pumps up on a bunch of adrenaline i guess it was and um it's kind of an iconic moment because ting's like wrapping his arms up with the the ropes and stuff i think that's what's on the cover um what i didn't really get was like so they were talking about him throwing this fight but at the same time like the the guy I felt the need to get all drugged up. Maybe he didn't know it was being thrown. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a... Not much of a great uh, third act, really. It felt not anticlimactic, just not as great as the first or second half of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of neat to see the, the massive head fall on, fall on him. So.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. At the end, whenever he fights him again there in the little temple or whatever. Um in that they gate... twice. Oh yeah, they do. I do remember that part. Um I, I really enjoy whenever they're fighting a fight. So after, you know, the, the rigged or the the fixed fight, he goes to go retrieve the the head and the baddie's still not giving it to him and so They leave them there to get, you know, killed by his men as they go off to like the temple or whatever. And, um, I really enjoyed the scene where, um, Ting nails that guy with the biker helmet on and I think it like splits the helmet in half, which was pretty, which was pretty great. Um, yep, a lot of good com. Oh, and, um, one moment another moment stood out to me was how ting like you know he can do all this badass fighting but like he couldn't start the motorcycle so he no. had to hand that over to his cousin to get that started for him so he can't do everything but he can do most things but um yeah definitely had some help from his friends
1: no for some reason that, that, that his uh special move his elbow seems really iconic i don't know why it was just um it's, it's, i think it's, it's like... so
0: different it's just you don't typically see that but it's like obviously like effective
1: it's like a jonaka van damme's uh special spin kick like you see oh, in hard yeah. target or blood sport mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just something about that elbow just seems very brutal even though um these guys are handling it pretty well um obviously yeah, they it's bounce back like-
0: surprisingly well but i suppose if he knocked everybody out on the first hit you I mean, <laughs> wouldn't have much of a movie
1: <laughs> no not really no and uh, I've never seen... I wonder what the sequels would be like. I don't know if they go bigger and bigger, like most sequels do. I
0: would say so. But, um, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, the climax is pretty pretty awesome as, yeah, everything just kind of accumulates into all those platforms crashing everywhere. His cousin gets injured in the process, but really hooks him up, too. And, yep, they, of course, win and save the village in typical movie fashion. But, um, yeah. Definitely a nonstop thrill ride. I really enjoyed it. Um,
1: yeah, subtitles aren't bad
0: at all in this one. Um, great
1: comedy. I don't see nothing wrong with subtitles and movies in general for me anyway.
0: Right. Yeah, it's, I think it's more of an American thing. Some people get hung up on them. Like, I'm kind of a slow reader. So sometimes I get annoyed whenever the subtitles are coming up, like, really, really fast. And I'm having to keep, like, backing up a little bit in order to read all of it. So, um, But I definitely didn't find that was the case at all with this. It was uh, pretty easy to digest just for, you know, um, view, um, people who watch movies are more sensitive to that. So,
1: No, there's, there's not many movies nowadays with subtitles anyway, which is a shame because, you know, n- nothing wrong with foreign language or, you know, black and white films in general. You know, nothing, not every movie has to be like a blockbuster Fast and Furious on MCU film, really. Yeah. So...
0: And shoot, I sometimes I find myself watching like artsy films from the UK, like Kess and *Ratcatcher*, and um, I'm finding myself putting on the subtitle just because I know I'd get more out of the dialogue just because those those accents are so uh, thick.
1: Yeah, well, like you mean like like UK films, like let's say like like a Guy Ritchie film, You're like like those types bit. of films. Yeah.
0: Not as much, I would say. As some, usually, I. Well, I mean, obviously, like uh, Brad Pitt and Snatch, it's just like, huh? But I mean, that's kind of the point. So, um,
1: funny thing, I I can understand him and Snatch. A lot of people can't for some reason. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I think I
0: get. I've seen enough to where I get the gist of what he's saying. But um, yeah, (laughs) it'd be interesting if I could do a a full translation. But um, yep, highly would recommend um, Ungbach. I would probably get this one four stars. How did you rate this one?
1: I gave it 4 stars out of 5 on Letterboxd. So yeah, pretty much the same.
0: Oh, nice. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me on this first episode of um
1: No, thanks, thanks for inviting me to watch I, this. I'd like to do it again sometime.
0: Yeah, I have to have you on again maybe on a main episode of the Average Joe's Movie Club cast. A little tricky since you're 5 hours ahead of me, but um yeah, yeah we we finally I'll, I'll made I'll
1: it find work.
0: <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much. Uh, now, f- how do people um, find you on the interwebs? Um, you're on Twitter okay, and Letterboxd?
1: Uh, yeah, th- th- Twitter and my Letterboxd. So, if you want to find me on Letterboxd, it'll be Marvin uh, one two three, mm-hmm. um, and for Twitter, it will my Twitter link. My Twitter link will be on um, Letterboxd. But if you don't have Letterboxd, then just um, follow me on Twitter at Marvin K Brown one.
0: Mhm. You have a, your own
1: YouTube channel as well, right? Oh, yeah, my YouTube channel as well, yeah, that as well. But I haven't made a video for uh, uh, two months now, not since the Snyder Cut, but just type in Marvin's channel and you'll find me on there. Very
0: cool. And, of course, you can find me on the Average Joe's Movie Club cast um, YouTube page and we're on Buzzsprout and pretty much trying to help write daily on Letterboxd. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and keep watching movies.
1: Yeah, have a good day, everyone. Thank you, Justin, again.